Hello and welcome to the Feminist Critique. My name is Ajeline. And I'm Gracie. And this is a podcast where the two of us, we take a movie, we dissect it a little bit, and we ask some questions like, is it feminist? Is it inclusive? Uh, Does it pass the tests? And is it good? Yes. Good intro. But the problem is... That's not what we're going to be doing today. No. Because documentaries are their own version of a film, right? They're not like a fictional story, which is what we typically do. Um, We've done a few documentaries over the past couple years doing this podcast. And when we do podcasts, we basically, when when we do documentaries, we basically look at the content of the documentary. What's the documentary trying to say? And do you think it does a good job of conveying that message? And we were back and forth exactly on which uh, Netflix podcast, we uh, Netflix documentary we wanted to do uh, before deciding to do this one, which I think was a great choice. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, great. We did uh, Circus of Books, which just got released um, a couple months ago. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fairly recently when it came out. Uh, April 26th, I think. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Like, it was, it premiered last year, but it came on net- Netflix this year. Yeah. And um, essentially what Circus of Books is about is about this older couple who are being documented by their daughter, um, who is a filmmaker, and she's basically documenting uh, the fact that this bastion of gay culture in West Hollywood is closing, and her parents are the ones who owned it. And it was called Circus of Books. And, man, um, this this was an interesting, interesting documentary. I think... Um, it's about, first of all, it's about uh, Rachel Mason's parents, who are Karen and Barry Mason. They are a Jewish couple who basically by happenstance end up becoming involved in distributing gay porn. Yeah. So, um, well, it's it, interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually really interesting. So it kind of starts off with telling a little bit about their life story and how... Um, uh, how one of them was uh, was a journalist and had, you know, done a lot of, uh, worked for different, you know, newspapers mm-hmm. and uh, did a lot of, like, work as a journalist. But, and then it talks a little bit about um, Barry, who is the uh, former special effects engineer and inventor, he worked on 2001 A Space Odyssey and the Star Trek TV show. Yeah, so like... I mean, he had a career. <laughs> well, yeah, like, so uh, these are people who were, like, in a way being um, on the cutting edge of, you know, like, special effects. But, I mean, I guess uh, they were having a bit of financial problems in 1982, and then... Or no, they started Roughly. Dis- well, yeah, like before that, they started uh, distributing magazines and they found that the gay magazines were doing like the best and uh, mm-hmm. were selling out. And then one of the books, which was called Book Circus, 
was having financial problems, so they took it over in 1982, which was just as the AIDS crisis was happening and uh, gay liberation. Like, gay liberation was before that a little bit, like in the 60s and 70s, but also, like, I mean, the being gay wasn't... You didn't have to be in the closet as much. Like, you still did, but, like, not as much, if that makes sense. Because right. it was right in the neighborhood of where um, the gay community was in Los Angeles. I thought it was interesting that at the start of the documentary, there's actually mention where um, they're doing, like, some personal interviews of people who worked with or knew the Masons that they were talking about something called the Black Cat Night or something, mm -hmm. which happened about two and a half years before Stonewall. And it's one of those things where, okay, Stonewall was kind of like the defining moment, right? But there were other things before that. Just like when you consider the Civil Rights Movement, a lot of people will say that the defining moment of the civil rights movement was the Montgomery County bus boycott, right? And the Rosa Parks incident, right? Yeah. But there were things that were already in motion before that. It's just like that was kind of the catalyst that superseded everything. It pushed everything, you know, forward at a quicker pace than what it had been going. So it was interesting to learn that Stonewall wasn't actually the first time that police brutality uh, was involved with gay men and raiding gay bars and stuff like that. And huh, which, Let's, um, as things are happening right now, uh, police brutality is an interesting thing. It, well, <laughs> it's almost, it's like you said, um, how, like, there were things before Stonewall. And in a way, you could kind of put it to what's going on now in in our own world, right? The catalyst was George Floyd, but there were definitely things beforehand. Right. Um, I mean, right. they made a whole movie just about, like, where the ending part was them talking about that, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked about the 13th on this podcast, yeah. and... Uh, as things are going on, and I assume that they still are, because this episode is going to come out a couple of weeks forward mm -hmm. um, from when we're recording it on the podcast platform. But honestly, um, I think that if you are someone who wants to be more educated on what is going on, then you should definitely watch The 13th on Netflix. And I think right now, I know for sure right now as we're recording, it is available for free on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Okay. And yes, yeah, so, at least in the US. So it's, it's something that I feel like needs to be required viewing. I said that when we actually covered it um, a few years back. Yeah. I think it was one of the first documentaries we covered on this podcast. And... It's honestly a game changer. It's exactly the th kind of thing you need to educate yourself. And I suggest you watch it. And while this movie that we're talking about today isn't really about educating yourself, it does, interestingly enough, I think, harp on something that uh, Ajalyn and I have kind of talked about before when we did um, Love, Simon. Yeah. Right? Uh, so the mom, Karen... Mm -hmm. She is a conservative Jewish woman, right? Yeah. She's very conservative, very, very religious. And here she is, this religious conservative woman. 
and her blase husband. You know, Barry's a roll with the flow kind of guy, you know? Oh, Not yeah. very intimidating. Whereas Karen is hammer down, you know, this is a business. We're going to run it like a business. Yeah. And it was so interesting when they talked about how, um, you know, she, she didn't want to talk about the fact that they were involved in distributing gay porn, right? She didn't want to talk about that. Um, even like in later scenes when she's, you know, present day and her daughter and her are walking around a sex expo, she doesn't even want to look at the sex toys. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I know that's what I need, but I don't want to look at it, you know? And it's just so funny to see this very staunch conservative woman yeah. who is involved in something that is not conservative at, at all. all. <laughs> oh, well, exactly. Like, because, um, so Circus of Books um, was, like, bookstore gay pornography shop, right? West Hollywood, which is, like, the gay, like, that's the gay neighborhood in, um, in Los Angeles, right? The Silver Lake mm-hmm. neighborhood. And this... This particular place had, in addition to, like, gay porn, adult toys, um, also had paperbacks for, like, and novels by LGBTQ writers, science fiction books, Bibles, foreign magazines. Like, it had more than just gay porn, but it was, like, its own... Like, in L.A., it was where you went if you wanted to get something that was like gay and yeah. that you you couldn't just get go into any old bookstore you had to go to Not at all. books um historically obscene materials have always been kind of uh used as terrible things that are going to break apart you know the, the very morality. fabric of society oh my god the moral fabric of society is at risk if you look at naked people <gasps> oh no. um also, I think we can walk away from uh, this documentary saying, uh, fuck you to the Ronald Reagan administration because Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. Like, that part in the film when they're talking about the epidemic, you know, the AIDS epidemic, it was so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking and completely disgusting how the response to it. <laughs> which there are parallels and because okay. uh, that because that's the thing like um <laughs> if you do i know we mention her quite often but like we love her um so Lindsay ellis did do a video about rent and talked a little bit about the aids epidemic and that's the thing people were dying by the thousands like a lot of pe- like a lot of gay men died and yeah, like it your friends would just a- disappear or they would end up they would end up leaving and going back home to like their small town and you know to just like and dying quietly. D- yeah. Like so yeah. your friends would just disappear. And and like that was a normal occurrence for the gay community in the 80s. You would just you'd catch up with old friends and be like, "Oh, whatever happened to this person?" Oh, unfortunately, and then be like, they oh, passed he died. away. Yeah. Um, 
I forgot what I was going to say. I just, it but, makes it, the whole AIDS epidemic, like, makes me so mad well, because the government did nothing. Nothing at all. Because they thought, eh, it's just gay people. It's just gay people. But Like, that's exactly how they thought. Well, it wasn't just gay people. Like, I mean, like, I, obviously you should care. It changed when that 12-year-old kid died. Yeah. I think. Like, that's when, um, because there was a documentary that I watched about um, the AIDS crisis and, or it maybe not specifically the AIDS crisis, but I cannot remember the documentary, but they talked about this kid. Um, oh, it was a CNN thing called uh, the nineties or the eighties or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was either, it was one of those mini series and they talked about how the AIDS epidemic Nobody in government really started to do anything until after a kid had passed away who was like 12 years old. His last name was White or something. It was because of a blood, a blood transfusion. Yeah. Um, which to this day, gay uh, gay men cannot uh, give blood. Oh, yeah, exactly. That too, right? And like, I just, sorry, I'm like... It makes me so mad. Yeah, uh, like I, I know that when the documentary documentary ended and they were talking about, you know, I don't want to end this on a negative note. I want to end this on a happy note. I was so sad, even when it closed. Like even when the credits were rolling, I was just so sad because of the fact that these people, like people who are not straight, right? They can't help how they're born. Mm -hmm. And they can't help the feelings that they have for another human being or how they feel on the inside. And to be demonized for the way you were born is awful. And it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, even um, with uh, Karen, Karen was super hypocritical, right? She made her money off of gay porn. And then when her son Joshua told her that he was gay, she told him, this is God's way of punishing me. Which is pretty... That's a terrible thing to say to a child. Granted, she did learn, right? Like, yeah. she got over it. She realized what she said, she said was a mistake. And she, to this day, says she regrets how she handled his coming out to her. Mm -hmm. Right? But at the same time, I can't help but think about what's going on, like, in the U.S. Okay, so my senator, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> right? Um, rumors have spread um, with accusations that he has been involved in sex work. And has procured the company of men, male sex workers. Mm -hmm. And if it's true, that's cool. He's allowed to be gay. Like, I have no problem with that. I have no issue with that. Also, sex workers. You know? 
And sex workering is awesome. Like, do you, you know, as long yeah. as you are in charge of your own like path, like, because we have talked about how in sex work, there is a lot of trafficking. And that is terrible. And it needs to be rooted out. But you can't do that unless you decriminalize sex work, at least here in the US. Um, but the the real issue is the fact that he is advocating for anti LGBT things and if this is true then he's doing it for profit at the sake of his own like i guess soul right like just well, pure a, grift and well, that's a, who's to say that the man isn't bisexual right like i mean that's a right. very real real thing and like ugh, that's makes me like that's another thing right like Bisexuality, there are a lot of bisexual men and women out there that are clearly in the closet. And, um, well, I, I said this the other day to, to my sister. I was like, man, if you think that you can catch the gay at, like by watching something or looking something uh, that, that's gay, then you were never straight to begin with. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, there was this great... Um, when Bill Nye was doing that Netflix documentary series, like there was this great uh, episode he did on gender and it says I put the <laughs> I put circle of books in the title. I'm so sorry. It's circus of books, and I can't change it. Um, <laughs> me and my fast fingers. Um, so <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! I hate myself so much now. <laughs> Thank you, Fatal Killer. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, oh. But no, like, uh, seriously, though, like, um, <clears throat> what was I saying before I get distracted? <laughs> you, uh, you done fucked up. I did. I done fucked up. Um, God, what was I saying? I've lost my train of thought. Story of our <sighs> podcast. Um, okay, so the other thing, too, that <laughs> is, um, like, in this, right? So they, they're interviewing, like, different people. And one of the people they end up uh, interviewing is uh, Larry Flint himself, right? Who is, right. of course, you know, the, the reason that this happened, because he was looking for distri distributors of Hustler magazine. And, and he had the other publications as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, yep. I mean... And they, and they talk a little bit about the obscenity laws that were going on in the 1980s because mm -hmm. that's what conservatives do. They like to witch hunt a little bit, right? And back in the 80s, there was this, you know, the, like, f family groups that are like, the degeneration of the society because of porno. Like, no, that's not. I mean, okay, provided... I will, because there's, like, another side of of porn as well, right? Where, like, um, <laughs> that's the thing. It's a complicated issue, but, like, there is, you know, an issue of, like, a lot of actors and actresses in that sort of work are there because, like, they need to get some sort of, like, money, right? And, mm -hmm. uh... And in some cases, there's, like, a case of trafficking. Actually yeah, like, 
understanding that, you know, being sex worker positive doesn't take away from the fact that some people who are in sex work, oh, actually quite a bit of people who are in sex work are there not of their own volition. Like, um, when you talk about standards of ethical, like, porn consumption, um, a lot of the porn that is consumed is not ethically produced. And it's terrible. <laughs> like, there's there's a balance between being sex worker positive, but also understanding that there is a huge human human trafficking network involved with sex work. Um, and we should not be shaming people who are in sex work. We should be shaming those who are trafficking victims of sex work who do not want to, like, be involved with it, right? Like, it's a very complicated, not black and white issue, you know? Yeah. Um, but instead, like, whenever I see an article where it's, like, 16-year-old prostitute arrested, I'm just like, why are we arresting a 16-year-old? Yeah. Right? And not to mention that a lot of sex workers, um, are LGBT. Yeah. And, and um, the reason- Especially if they're younger. Yeah. And they're more prone to being trafficked because they get kicked out of their homes and they have to make a living. And it's terrible. Yeah. 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 You're you're entirely right. Like, I mean, there is there is a you know a case of like there's a lot of uh, young um, LGBT uh, that you know come out and then they're kicked out of their house for being who they are, and like, and, and that's the other thing. Like, how can you? kick out your child like this is your child to kick them out because they're gay what yeah yeah and that's something that was mentioned um in the movie right like the part where uh one of their workers passed away and so karen got a phone call from the mother and she was like that mom didn't want anything to do with him until after he had died how awful yeah absolutely awful but the other thing I do have to say, like, with Karen, like, the hypocrite, like, we were talking earlier about how yeah, much of a hypocrite. It was all right for her to make a profit off of it, but as soon as her son was, you know, gay, suddenly it was an issue, right? And yeah. then she had to work through that. Ended up being, like, a huge ally and doing a march and stuff like that, you know, involving herself in... Uh, yeah. And, like, parents, uh, parents of gay people, that alliance... Which, and and ends up, like, talking about it quite often, you know, um, as, like, as part of that support network, which, I mean, I have to say is quite um, admirable, Uh, but she does say, you know, in the film that, like, because I talk about this quite often, I have to relive that moment of what I said to my son. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um it's mm, it's awful. Um so who little boy. distracted? Yeah, just a little. <laughs> I'm getting used to this new format. It's taken me a minute. Um <laughs> oh. 
Okay, uh, it hid it hid your comment, Fatal Killer. But no, I'm not saying that it's okay for a 16 year old to be in sex work. I I did not say that. That's not what I'm conveying at all. Teenagers should not be in sex work. It should be 18 and up, like obviously, and they should be there of their own consent. But you have to understand that there are sex workers who are underage. And they should not be arrested and treated like criminals when obviously there is more than likely a human trafficking element. Um, that's, Either that or that's there's my point. Yeah, homelessness, you know, situ- whether it's homelessness yeah, so, or there, there's uh, something, there's more to that story than just a, like a kid on the street. <laughs> right, exactly. Something is going on. Um it's it's definitely statutory rape. It's not cool. I believe the age of consent should be 18 universally, and it's not, and that's terrible. Um, so what else do you want to talk about with this movie? Um, I mean... That's another thing you want to cover. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Like, other than, I guess, um, the fact that, like, the U.S. government was going after this small bookstore like i mean it was caught in an fbi sting and barry was prosecuted and he like almost went to jail oh yeah that was a huge thing huge thing like and i thought it was interesting that like karen was like yeah if anybody's gonna go to jail it's my husband (laughs) (laughs) she's like yeah we decided he would go to jail and i'm like Okay. <laughs> well, because because the fact is, like, one, there was uh, like a case where, like, the book, um, the law enforcement was cracking down on pornography, but like, also this was like a notable cruising spot where uh, gay men would go and you know try to find each other. Now, since that has changed with you know apps like Grinder, right? So and there's a lot more accessibility to gay porn because of the internet. So um like that's the point of this documentary is that Circus of Books is not making as much money. They're closing up shop. Yeah, the internet right? has utterly destroyed their business. But also there is the fact that like they never moved to the internet because like they could have still done like Mm-hmm. If they hadn't, you know, they could have uh, been uh, gay porn hub. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, I mean, it's one of those things that when you, when technology is coming about, right? You either have to go with the, t- you know, go with the flow and like upgrade, or you're gonna be left behind and you're gonna have to close up shop. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a good example. I, th- this isn't exactly the same, but off on a tangent but like so nintendo right was originally like a board game company in japan but they went they took like a risk and Uh started producing like started doing video games and consoles and stuff right Uh and now they are like the biggest one of the biggest companies oh they have made a shit ton of money off of Animal Crossing. That's for damn sure. They have made Ooh. a shit ton of money off of me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, Ashley's like, I had to buy it twice. <laughs> I did because I bought it for myself and my sister and then my sister put her name on it. And then I was really mad because I didn't want to play. Well, yeah, she named it like 
Diplan or Diplan or something or Driplan, and I was just like, "Are you are you kidding me? I'm not." Anyways, I bought a new Switch and then I bought <laughs> the game again. It happens. Um, yeah. So he was he was actually facing major prison time for uh, trafficking uh, immoral or something like that. It was basically trafficking across straight lines. And it was obscene material. And in some states, it was illegal. It's kind of like, um, I think there was a law in Texas where you couldn't have more than a certain amount of dildos. Right? And yeah. I was just, I remember that being a thing that was said during the 2016 election when Ted Cruz was running for the nomination. And yeah. I was just like, that's dumb. <laughs> but like... What what cop is going to go into a house and check to see how many, you know, sex toys you have? That's so weird. That's so stupid. I know who would. Perverts, Gracie. Perverts. <laughs> Ugh, it's just it's a dumb law, right? I think I think any law that like as long as you are two consenting adults, it it shouldn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, if you are two consenting adults, have fun, you know? Like, if have it's not better. hurting you, if even if you're, like, doing the kinky stuff, like, as long as you keep your limits. Yeah, like, have a safe word. Yeah, like, do you. Pineapple. <laughs> you know, that's that's also one of the things I don't understand about, like, God, there was, um, there was a stream I watched the other day that was, uh freaking sargon of akkad and actual jake on twitch talking and they were they were talking about kissing um you know like is it okay for two gay people to kiss in a disney movie like disney and then sargon was like yeah there's a lot of spicy disney moments and i'm like wait what I'm sorry, what did you think was a spicy Disney moment? Like, and then, and then uh, Jake or one of the other guys that was there was like, oh, um, so, okay, fine. The Little Mermaid, right? Like, that kiss at the end of Little Mermaid between Ariel and Eric. What if Ariel was, like, Aaron, right? Would it matter? And it's like... And then, like, he couldn't answer the question, which that's Sargon's whole thing, is he can't answer a question directly. He has to put on airs and pretend he's answering without actually doing it. But yeah, like, well, I mean, like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with that movie, but I'm a cheerleader, mm -hmm. which is clearly a PG 13 movie, but because it's gay, it is of course a rated R movie and almost got an NC 17 because there is, there's a little bit of lesbian action in there. So, you know, know that it's, it's so stupid. Disgusting. It's Just so kidding. dumb. That's not what I think. No, it's it's like I said, two consenting adults doing whatever. Like even if in their public venue, if everybody involved is consenting and over the age of eighteen, do you right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's not for me to tell you how to live your private sex life if you are over eighteen and a consenting adult. Like that's the thing. Eighteen years old consent. Those are the biggest factors of anything. And I know I'm harping on it a lot, but I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Um, well, that's because we've got Buddy in the chat who's uh, yeah, like, trying uh, to get us. No, I don't. I'm going to. I don't think so. I think they're, uh, they're, you know, like 
making me clarify my point. So, because I, I don't want to be misconstrued, you know. Fair. Um, I'll take it. Uh... So, yeah, I thought I did, I like, it still is so weird to me that, like, um, that kind of material is considered, like, illegal. And, like, he, he was, his, the company was found guilty, and he had to, like, be on probation or something. Yeah. It was well, so... Well, there was, like, a whole movie about it, right? There was. Like, yeah, wasn't there a whole movie with, like, Woody Allen about Larry Flint versus... The people? Mm, I don't remember. Well, it was like in the 90s. I don't care about Woody Allen. Okay. <laughs> Gotta be honest. I really don't. Yeah. Woody um, Har- No, not Woody Allen. Oh, my God. Woody Harrelson. Uh, God, what is wrong with me? Yeah, uh, well, the, people versus, the People versus Larry Flint, 1996. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know enough about Larry Flint to have an opinion of him, but I am skeptical of him considering the time period in which he rose, you know, the same time as Hugh Hefner, and Hugh Hefner is absolute garbage. Great trash. (laughs) So I don't know enough about Larry Flint because he wasn't like a big name when I was growing up. Like he didn't do, he didn't have the house bunny house with, you know, the three girlfriends or anything, but Hugh Hefner is not good. Not, a, not good. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I gotta be honest. I don't really know if I have too much else to say about this movie. Um, Does this movie I have was, trivia? Probably not a lot, considering it's only been out for a couple of months. <laughs> No, it looks it like actually it has no trivia at all. <laughs> um, I mean, good on uh, good on Rachel Mason though for being able to distribute this to Netflix, right? Like, I think I was reading an article earlier today. I not not that I think I was reading an article earlier today that was uh, you know, she was talking about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, like, thank God I became famous during a time where everybody's wearing masks so I can still go out in public. (laughs) I was like, ooh, I'm here for that dark humor, honey. Here for it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I also like the fact that the documentary, like, she's just got her camera out and her mom sometimes is like, I don't even know why you're recording this. This is dumb. It's... (laughs) It's not worth recording. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to say, too, so they had a few of the former employees, and I do want to make mention that um, one of the former employees was Alaska Thunderfuck, who is a very well-known drag queen. Um, mm-hmm. Season five, RuPaul's Drag Race, but also won All-Stars season two. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, I knew he looked. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, so so mm-hmm. um, Alaska, very well known. Probably like I would say one of the top uh, top on the list of uh, like well known drag uh, drag performers in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's that's all I can say about that. <laughs> that's all, yeah. Like that's, that's a thing. That's Alaska all I have to say about that. Alaska didn't end up saying a lot in this documentary. Like no, the reason I think that they they were in the credits was because 
um, because they're super famous, right? Right. So it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to watch this because Alaska's in it. And then I also think the framing of the trailer made it seem like it was going to be all about like the porn business. And then it's just about this old couple who just happened to be in charge of the store and only ever really saw it as a business opportunity. <laughs> you know? Uh, honestly, I feel like if they, I think if they didn't, do that then a lot of people might have not watched it as much yeah right i mean it's a it's a quick documentary too it's only an hour and a half long like it didn't take me long at all to watch it i enjoyed it i thought it was you know it was it was a slice of life right yeah and (laughs) i i texted ashleen at one point because i was like dude joshua reminds me of someone and then i i penned it i was like he looks like eddie fucking redmayne (laughs) them thin (laughs) lips yeah, like the thin lips, the freckled face, very similar like bone structure. I was I was like, wait a second. <laughs> you know what? Now that you say that, I thought that like I didn't it didn't like clue in until you mm-hmm. said it. And he's very soft spoken too. Yeah, because I watched this like a couple of days ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I just remember looking at his face and I'm like, he looks so familiar. <laughs> like the kids straight up look like their parents. They do. They yeah. do. <laughs> um, like you can tell that the daughter has a lot of um her father's like facial structure. Mm-hmm. So But then her mom's super curly hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh man, I did I did really enjoy this movie though. I liked how it ended with them being in a pride uh, a pride parade of some sort for the parents of you know, LGBTQA plus youth. That was pretty cool. Um, but it still made me sad because uh, we've got, come so far and yet not far enough. So, No, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. <laughs> that can be sad about a lot of stuff right now. Um, yeah. And Fight's if you haven't over. noticed in the past... In the past couple of uh, episodes, uh, we are putting donation links and stuff uh, for Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Um, So you can donate to the Action Fund, to the NAACP, uh, you know, the bail funds and stuff like that. Because um, as of this moment, we're going on two weeks uh, with protesting. So um, I'm... Hoping uh, that maybe some headway is done in the next next couple of weeks before this comes out. But if not, uh, well, we'll have those links up for you to click on and donate or uh, sign petitions. So do your own activism. And also you should definitely do some research because that's important as well. Yeah. Oh, and check and out our episode on both the 13th and then also on um, The Hate You Give. Yes, both of those very, very important. I, I recommend viewing both of them. Like, yeah, I think they're uh, they're in the 60s, like 66 and 67, I want to say-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's when we were getting... We, we did a lot of change around that time, especially with the podcast, because mm. I had just lost my job, and then I had to start recording from home. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we should probably wrap this up now. Oh, 
Oh yeah, no, we can't do the test because documentary. No, nope, there's no test because it's documentary. Uh, haven't decided what we're gonna do next week because we still have one month left in June for Pride. We have a whole <sighs> month in June. Or one week left. Don't talk to me. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, um yeah, we you know should. What? I'm honestly, kind of- I think I think we should do like. A happier movie. <laughs> I don't know, but part of me is tempted to kind of do a bad movie month mixed with Pride movie month and do GBF. Uh, I have we concerns. <laughs> I have concerns about that. I one have too. major concerns about that one. Whew, I am very scared that it's gonna be awful. Yeah. Um. You know what? We'll. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. We'll announce it on our Twitter before. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. That's it. That's all we got. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to us, and, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh yeah. Wait. 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 What? Okay. Okay. Check us out on Twitter, and then also check out our other podcast, Disney Dives. Okay. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.